Hello and welcome to the podcast, Are We Nearly There Yet? My name's Professor Andrew Sherry and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure. Well, it was Fukushima. I mean, that's where I first met you, as you well know. Um, literally, my I, my kids were watching the, the television and called me through and said, Mum, 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 there's been a nuclear accident. And um, I said, no, yeah, come on, you know, it's nothing. It, 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 it'll go away. And the next thing I knew, I had a phone call from my line manager who said, Sky, need to speak to somebody about radiation. You're bad. Get on with it. That was my media training. So my first interview was with, with Sky. And then, as you well know, it went mad. Everybody wanted to speak to us. Uh, and that's when I really understood how little I understood about <laughs> nuclear power. And boy, was it a steep learning curve. But it was really good because uh, there was a bunch of us who met in green rooms, all from different disciplines. We would never have met each other. I didn't even know that Imperial had a big nuclear engineering department because they're based on a different site from where I was. And all of a sudden, this sort of opened up. Um, and you didn't have time to be nervous. You didn't have time to think. You had to go in and you had to perform. But fortunately for me, there was always somebody with me who knew the physics and so could talk on that, and, and, but, but didn't know anything about the health. So we were always very, very complimentary. And it, was, it opened my eyes to something that I never thought I'd do because I'm not, I am not that sort of person. I, I don't go out and talk about things. I used to get really nervous about giving talks and things like that, and all of a sudden, you realise that you're actually getting through to people and making people understand and making people less frightened. And that, for me, was great. It was one of those situations where you, you just knew what the right thing was to do, because if it wasn't you stepping up and answering the difficult questions, it might be somebody else. And you were invited out to Japan as well. I'd been working with the Japanese since 2000 because one of my sponsors for the Chernobyl Tissue Bank is the Japanese and they were very, you know, they, they were very get up and go about sorting out um, thyroid screening, etc. So I'd actually been working with most of the major players in radiation research in, in Japan, in human radiation research in Japan for some time. And is there a moment with the Red Arrows that you look back on and think that just sums up? what I was doing and why I was doing it. So in 2002, it was the Queen's Golden Jubilee. And we were lucky to fly down the Mall in formation with Concorde, which was a big national, big national task. You know, the, most of the Royal Air Force, in fact, not if not all of the Royal Air Force flew down, you know, there's a huge formation and we were last with Concorde. So sitting on Concorde's wing, having watched it on Tomorrow's World with Raymond Baxter and all those, you know, you, you think, here I am, it's just, this is just unbelievable. This is, I'm doing it, you know, it's, it's happening. And that's probably a moment which was, will never happen again. So that's probably a moment in time of many, many moments. But I think, I think on the, on the Reds, it was a real privilege to be part of the organisation because, it wasn't about me, it was about the red suit and the red jet. You know, that's what people associate with the team. It's not the individual necessarily, because the individuals change, but it's the identity of the team. And I got to meet people who were quite disadvantaged in life for whatever reason, and sometimes very disadvantaged. And because I was able to 
or we were as a team able to offer some time to talk to them, to offer them some, you know, some a brochure or a souvenir or to sign or have a photograph taken with mums and dads. You know, that meant a lot to them. That meant a lot to them. And, and effectively, it was just it, all it was was my time, which was effectively free and nothing. But to them, it was it meant a lot. And in the Red Arrows, you're very much in the public eye from the moment you leave whatever building you're in, in the public, to you, know, you are public property, which is part of the job, which is great. It's fantastic. And when you meet a lot of people who are disadvantaged, you actually realise how lucky, how lucky you are in life. Uh, you know, and you really start to... That's when I really start to appreciate my journey to where it got to, to, to that point. You were then a senior press officer for uh, John Prescott. There must be some interesting times you had during that period. Yeah, gosh, that was that was fun. That was a very fun time. I mean, it was it was quite a shock to go from the sort of activist world into a very formal professional environment in the first place. You know, find I found myself sort of sitting in the ministerial office and it was very stressful trying to work out even what to wear like how to get dressed to work in an office it took getting used to so there's some there's certainly some norms of behavior that you know you have to sort of really pay attention to and learn very quickly and working for John Prescott was an absolute privilege and a joy to be honest um, and Yvette Cooper was a junior minister for, in our department at the time uh, taking first working minister to take maternity leave at the time and you know, clearly very, very talented and full of potential even then. And it was it was enormous fun. And the great thing about working with with John Prescott for John Prescott was that he was genuinely very, very motivated in a very authentic way on environment and social justice issues. And that's what drove the agenda that he led in the department around sustainable communities and regeneration and I was really fortunate to be able to participate in that agenda and, you know, lead a lot of the work on, on sustainability because I was sort of personally motivated by it. And I think that was being the secret of, you know, any success or sort of joy that I've had in my professional life has been because I've genuinely been interested in it. And I think when you demonstrate that, you you know you find other people in that community who care about the stuff as well and you and, and you can have a very rich experience if you've enjoyed this podcast to help others enjoy it too please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and don't forget to rate and review thank you